David, thanks so much for sitting down with me in your busy schedule. Um, today, I wanted to discuss with you a little bit about the term sustainable intensification. We are hearing a lot of buzz about it in reports, in articles. And before we dive into the pros and cons, I wanted to hear your take on how you would describe that term. Well, sustainable intensification, particularly in the agricultural sector, means getting uh, and growing more uh, food on less land, better food uh, with better soils, while at the same time being able to allow less, less productive farmland to go into returning it to nature. And with a growing population, not just a growing global population, but a growing affluent population that wants to eat um, you know, better quality foods, more meat, uh, there's going to be much more pressure on agriculture to provide better yields to feed this population uh, running forward to 10 billion, while at the same time realizing the climate stresses and environmental challenges, uh, particularly for soil and water, we need to do it in a sustainable manner while still intensifying our yields and food quality. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I would uh, wholeheartedly uh, subscribe to that message. I've, I, I thought uh, for, 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 for a long time that sustainable intensification was really the way forward. But in your latest column in European Seed, you had some critical notes. Are you saying it's not the way forward? Well, the difficulty is that there are many definitions from different people, in particular uh, relying on their political points of view. They'll say that sustainable intensification must be organic, or the agroecologists will talk about having to re-educate the farmers and are looking at it more like a social justice approach. And so when you begin to read through the literature, particularly even in the FAO uh, and quite a few academics, they're writing more from a political point of view or propo proponents of one particular uh, type of farming that they wish to advocate. And it, it isn't actually putting the science first anymore, but more the political and social justice methods. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... Uh, and and uh, why is that a problem? What, what is missing from, from those approaches? Well, you're not going to have sustainable uh, intensification. What you're going to have, unfortunately, in some cases, is uh, a lot more poverty in developing countries, uh, lower yields in developed countries, which will create food insecurity. And if we couple the anticipated effects of the coming years of population growth and climate change issues, that's not the way to go about it. So we have to look at more scientific approaches and less political, ideological, dare I say, cult religious approaches to this problem. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, as, as a plant breeder myself and having worked in the, in the seed sector, basically all my professional life, how, how, how is the, the, the seed sector approached in those sustainable intensification strategies? 
Well, one of the things that I found curious about the debate now, and I, I, I referenced in my study the FAO uh, report where they cited four approaches, and it didn't include seed technologies at all. Oh. Uh, and so wow. it, it, and I, I, I also contacted a, an American agronomist who had just published a paper on that as well. And he he also didn't mention better seeds as a way forward. And I, I asked him about that. And he's, he was thinking only from the point of GM technology and GM technology in particular for soy and maize mm. uh, as for you know, large cash crops. And his view was it takes too long and it doesn't get to where the issues need to be, in particular in developing countries. Mm-mm. And. I thought, well, if you look at the new plant breeding technologies, particularly in Africa, uh, where you've got, I I think, in cassava in Nigeria, uh, you've got cases of banana wilt in Kenya and Uganda that are being addressed in African labs by Africans using relatively easy plant breeding uh, techniques. I'm thinking that this has the potential for expanding and intensifying agriculture in a much more sustainable way. So I think this the research community has to be a little more vocal about the solutions that they have within their means. Mm-hmm. So, okay, uh, uh, let me try to get this straight. You're saying that in the, in the approaches, in, in most sustainable intensification approaches, the seed sector or the seed lag, the seed component is left out. How come? Why, why is that left out? Well, I think a lot of the sustainable intensification advocates, um, particularly within the social justice wing of the agroecology movement, don't want more technology. They prefer to go back and remove pesticides, uh, go back to a more organic based farming approach, which unfortunately will not increase the yields. Mm. And so their measures that they're taking are actually uh, are not wanting to rely on better scientific development and better uh, development of seeds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I can see that. So why why wouldn't the all the other approaches, you know, uh, building pumps, water irrigation, uh, perhaps fertilizer, uh, why why wouldn't that be enough? Why is it so important to have better seeds in those strategies as well? I mean, there are, there are many approaches you can see if you take seeds and you put seeds at the center of a sustainable intensification approach, you will see the solutions come immediately. Uh, better irrigation, uh, better conservation skills, no-till agriculture will help, but it will only help along the edges, not the type of increasing yields and improvements to uh, biodiversity, ecosystem, and climate uh, mitigation measures will not be met. It, it just won't be done. So you might be able to improve yields in some cases uh, around the edges, uh, but even they're not not even. You, it's very difficult to put a no-till approach in a developing country where smallholders don't have the infrastructure to apply it. So any wins will be very small, and that's that's the real tragedy here. Is that with better seeds, you're going to be able to not only increase yields, you're going to increase soil health. You're going to be able to um, reduce the the uh, need for irrigation at, at high levels. 
there were some studies that were done. Uh, I think NIAB uh, originally did a study to show that by increasing or improving seeds uh, or seed quality, you're able to add up to 50% better yield and better farming results. And the, there was another study in 2008 that actually pushed that number up to 90%. So if you want to really make a big difference, if you want that sort of moonshot um, approach, you should be addressing seeds as your, as your principal approach. If you want better cover crops to put more nutrients into the soil, which can also act to sequester carbon uh, and uh, help organic matter and use less fertilizers, then you should be doing better research on cover crop seed varieties and, and, improve, and be able to find solutions that way. Uh, we're not. And so we're just kind of trying to fix around the edges rather than find, obviously, the solutions that we need with the impacts that seed technologies can bring. Yeah, I, uh, you're right. I remember that, that UK study and uh, that 90% that of the progress of the yield progress and in, in, in other progress of crops could be explained by the genetic component, by improving the genetic component other than the agronomic component. So, um, you know, can you imagine what that would do also in, in, in other countries, not just UK, but also in other countries? That yeah, would and in fact, that, that's the point that the real uh, capacity to increase agricultural yield uh, is needed in Africa. Um, Africa will have the largest growth and population and also hopefully largest economic growth in the next decades. Mm. Uh, they also have the highest potential for un underutilized agricultural land. So the ability um, to introduce better seeds into the mix rather than to, you know, I don't think many African smallholders can go out and buy drones at the moment or find new different ways to do intensive farming. Um, and, in, you know, and in fact, uh, and I, I think really better seeds will be the, the leap forward that will hopefully help Africa to develop at so many levels. Yeah, I absolutely agree, David. Um, so the seed sector is is the seed component is missing from from many sustainable intensification approaches. What should the seed sector itself do about this? Well, I know that there are people working on many of fascinating and revolutionary developments, but they. Um, and I've said this before, they'll have to leave the lab for the lobby. Uh, they'll have to start to tell more people uh, the importance of their research. And I know that for many of them, they're, they're more interested in solving the problems that, uh, that the seeds will be able to provide. Um, but if the public doesn't understand the vital importance, uh, that will probably fall on deaf ears because the political actors have already staked their claim on what they want to do and what they feel is not acceptable. Mm -hmm. So I think we really have to talk loudly, boldly and proudly about what seed technology can do to solve future problems for agriculture mm -hmm. and humanity. Yeah, absolutely. Speak up for seeds, right? Yeah, yeah. I think the seed sector has its work uh, cut out for, for itself. Excellent. Thank you so much, David. My pleasure. <laughs>